So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay. All right. And action. <laughs> Click. Click. Um, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Building microwave. Semicolon. Semicolon. Um, gullibility. The barna. Oh, gullibility. Gullibility. That's good. I'm going to write gullibility down. Okay. Um, yeah. So this episode is, we got onto this thinking about writing fortune cookies and horoscopes and um, the the Forer effect or the Barnum effect, depending on who you're talking to and what you're, you know. Anyway, the idea that <laughs> um, uh, people have a tendency to believe sort of, like, it's uh, individuals... Uh, give higher accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality that supposedly are tailored specifically to them, yet which are in fact vague and general enough to apply to a wide range of people. Um, and so that's why, uh, you know, that that's typically how, you know, if you actually like sit down and break down like most horoscope um, writings or predictions, um, you can see how it's it's actually very easily applied to a wide range of people and so right. um when you're going to read an article like that or going to read a piece of information like that it's it's easy for your brain to kind of be like oh actually i know how this could apply um so like connect the dots yeah connect the dots exactly and so your brain is like you know uh our, our brains are really good at pattern recognition and pattern recognition a big part of that is using partial patterns and creating a whole, right? So mm -hmm. when you provide a partial pattern that hints at something, then your brain automatically, before your even reaches a conscious level, fills in the details, right? Um, yeah. That's that's how it works both as an information processing system. Like that's, that's kind of the nature of it. Um, so <laughs> your this, brain is a biological computer. Yeah, beep boop boop beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this, let's get the like the the sort of early history details out of the way. Um, uh, the Barnum effect, as a term, was coined in 1956 by psychologist Paul Mihi 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 um, in his essay "Wanted: A Good Cookbook." Uh, he relates the vague personality descriptions used in certain pseudo successful psychological tests to those given by showman PT Barnum. Um, I think the forer, the term, the forer effect is a little bit different. Let me see where my notes are. Oops. Let's... Um, There was a, in 1948, um, psychologist. Is this the Forer, Forer effect? Yeah, they're, they're the same thing. The question is just where, right. where the naming came from. So in 1948, psychologist Bertram R. Forer gave a psychology test, his so-called diagnostic interest bank, blank, um, to 39 of his psychology students who were told that they would each receive a brief personality vignette or sketch Vignette? Uh, vignette. Vignette. Vignette or sketch based on their test results. One week later, Forer gave each student a pur purportedly individualized sketch and asked each of them to rate it on how well it applied. In reality, each student received the same sketch consisting of the following items. Um, and this is interesting. So we'll, we'll go through this, all 13 of them. Um, and so uh, while if you're listening to this, you can kind of think about how you might apply this to your own life or your own personality and how you might rate this like on an accuracy scale of like zero being very poor to five, very excellent. And mm. you can kind of rate each item how it applies to you. Um, so remember basically four was like, okay, everybody, like here's a personalized, I, you know, you guys took this psychology, you know, this, this individual, um, tailored to you, tailored to you. Well, you took this test and you gave answers and then I wrote out, 
based on your personal answers, I wrote out specific description of you as an individual for each of you. Here's your individual ones. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what they all received was actually the same evaluation. And so what that evaluation consisted of were the following items. Number one, you have a great need for other people to like and admire you. Number two, you have a tendency to be critical of yourself. Um, number three, you have a great deal of unused capacity, which you have not turned to your advantage. Number oh, right? Like, what an ego trip that is. Yeah. And like each of these, like if you think about it, um, you know, when you kind of stack these up, you're like, oh man, these are a lot of like pretty specific things. But when you think yeah. about each individual one, if I said, if I said the generalized statement, everyone has a need for other people to like and admire them, then some individuals might be a little bristly and be like, no, no, I don't care about other people. But generally, I think that's kind of a social con condition of being human, right? There's some biological yeah. need for these things. Um, yes. You have a tendency to be critical of yourself. That's I, that's everybody at some point, right? I mean, yeah. you know. Um, and then if you think about, so now we're getting on to, I mean, the really good one is you have a great deal of unused capacity, which you have not turned to your advantage. I don't know anyone who, who doesn't, at least in some regards, think of themselves in that way, right? Like, um, yes, or have, have at least had that thought to themselves at some point. Um, while you have some personality weakness, so number four, while you have some personality weakness, you are generally able to compensate for them. Also notice how a lot of these statements are sort of like could be construed as sort of vaguely positive. Um, yeah, like they it's anything that starts out a little like, oh, it's like, oh, but you do this to counter for it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like if you think about, um, you know, even statement number three, which is sort of negative in the sense that like you haven't lived up to your potential. It's still you have great potential. Um, right. And so it's really hard not to want to take that on and be like, well, yeah, I do. And, oh, maybe I haven't been using all of it. But, you know, and then you're really only like even when you're looking at the statement, your mind is already not thinking about whether it applies to you, but whether or not you've used enough of it as an advantage because you absolutely agree. Of course, I have a great amount of capacity like, you know, yeah how unused is it and how much have I not used it to my advantage? That's the question. Well, yes, this right. applies to me. Maybe I don't agree that I've, I'm, it's completely unused, but you know, um, so, uh, number five, your sexual, your sexual adjustment has presented problems for you. Um, I mean, I, that's, I think that's considering this was written in 1948. Maybe that doesn't, um, hold as like the the phrasing of that is a little bit more awkward for today like we someone might not say it that way but any statement that's like hey your sexuality is a little complicated for you personally <laughs> is like what uh, yes of course it is <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean how does that not apply to anybody um yeah uh, you know uh let's see so six disciplined and self-controlled outside you tend to be worrisome and insecure inside again just like just throw away um number seven <laughs> at times you have curious doubts as to whether you have made the right decision or done the right thing so like yeah like psychopaths might be like this doesn't really apply to me because they're just like i everything i do is amazing i you know i don't know i don't know the the details yeah. of that, but or like um Yes, yes, exactly. It, the, it, all these things are sort of just descriptors of in the human condition in general. Right. And so, like, at any given time, if you're only, if you're subdividing this, like, for a horoscope down into 12, 12 different subsections or yes. signs. Yeah. Or sun signs. Right. Um, then you are only offering an opinion once a month. And that gives people plenty of time to find something in their lives that applies to the thing retroactively. Right. Um, and if not, like, at least a portion of the people that you're reaching with your horoscope are just randomly going to be experiencing whatever function of the human condition you happen to describe <laughs> at the time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're um. shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> Like and, and and when you're kind of working from the assumption that um it's like like 
you've already shifted how somebody is applying it to themselves. Like you're not asking, does this apply at all? It's already you're thinking, well, how much does this apply? So when you're reading that horoscope, right. you're thinking, well, how how actually impacted was I by the fa- like I've already agreed that this is I I've bought into being human. So the question right. is, how much of this particular aspect am I today? Um, yeah, it's it's absurd. Anyway, so um, so let's see. Uh, number eight, you prefer a certain amount of change and variety and become dissatisfied when hemmed in by restrictions and limitations. I mean, come on now. That's universal. <laughs> yes. Um, here we go. This is number nine. You pride yourself as an independent thinker and do not accept other statements without satisfactory proof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I kind of like. How did you not end on that one? But um, you know. Right. Anyway. Uh, number ten. You have found it okay. unwise to be too frank in revealing yourself to others. <laughs> really, really. Oh man, these are so good. I know. Yeah. Um, number eleven. At times you are extroverted, affable, sociable, while at other times you are introverted, wary, and reserved. You are a complex individual. How does this apply to you? I like how yeah. much would you rate this to be true statement? Um, number 12. Yes, go ahead. I was just gonna read that one. Yeah, do Some it. of your aspirations tend to be pretty unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love how the entire list builds you up with empty empty uh fluffy feelings uh-huh. and then like at the very end is like okay calm down now uh, right <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one 13 security is one of your major goals in life yes. <laughs> it is literally like the struggle for survival oh <laughs> uh, yeah um god so good so so just to kind of recap he for gives this this evaluate so the students all take a personality test essentially answering a bunch of personal questions with with individual answers then a week later he's like okay everybody here's your personal evaluation and gives them all the same statements then he says okay please uh, please rate each statement on how it applies to you uh, to your personality um Mm -hmm. and so on average the students rated its accuracy as 4.3 on a scale of zero to five with five being excellent so everyone, you know, the average result was that every, you know, or the average person basically said this is pretty fucking accurate. Um, uh, so, and then only, and so then it goes on. So this is the experiment and where the four name comes from. Um, so let's see. Uh, oh, so he got all of these. So this is interesting. So yeah. after after they did the rating, um, yep. and they turned him in, he revealed to each student that he that had they had received an identical sketch, the you know the thirteen statements, assembled by for the teacher from a newsstand astrology astrology book, um, and so he's basically kind of making a point that, um, you know. In one way, he's making a point that astrology is written specifically to leverage this idea um, yeah. that people want things to apply to them. Um, so he attributed the effect to gullibility, which is um, like a whole topic in and of itself, which is kind of what we're getting into in this podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of gullibility is the the idea that um, a person is easily sort of tricked or manipulated into an ill-advised course of action. Um, and so uh, it it's it's sort of a it's a social problem, right? Because gullibility involves two people, right? It it involves more than one individual. It's one person who's attempting to manipulate another person in Yes. Yes. Um and did we so like the actual uh 
tendency to believe other people, like your gullibility, your your tendency to believe what other people are telling you or to want to believe that it's true for whatever reason. It's kind of a confusing. It's like we all know what gullibility is, but the actual mecha- psychological mechanics of how it works is kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, I just speculative in my own mind on on the little that I know. Um I I speculate that it it probably is related to um our tendency towards social structure, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There needs to be some default amount of belief and trust in your sort of fellow human beings in order to establish successful social interactions, and that's where um, that's where you have those outliers, like people who are sociopaths or psychopaths who have um, ex- extremely differently wired brains. And those terms don't necessarily mean that those those individuals are evil necessarily. It just means that they they lack the sort of neurotypical functionality of how how one is expected to exist in society, right? So for them, their values yeah. are less weighted, right? Like they have less need for external validation, or um, yeah, or they have um, their connection with empathy is very different than ours, and so it doesn't. Like for you and I, maybe, or I can't speak for you, um, but for myself, uh, you know, empathy is something that I feel very strongly where it's like, I, it's hard for me to say things that hurt other people directly unless I have other impetus. Like I'm angry and now I'm hurt and that overrides my natural or my sort of default based tendency to want to trust and be affable with someone else, like uh, with my fellow sure. individuals. Like whether I know them or not is is kind of... Um, you know, has a has a factor, right? But um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I find the um, the four effect or the um, the kind of gullibility issue to be really fascinating because it's not as trivial as just there are things you can do to guard against it, which is to be more skeptical about information to um, to kind of to kind of have like a, a trust but verify attitude towards uh, information consumption, um, uh-huh. you know, where it's like, yeah, but be empirical. Um, you know, if my horoscope says that I'm going to meet somebody today, like, does that mean that they're always like, yeah, turns out I did. But does that, you know, that's not a court, that's not causation, right? That doesn't mean that they actually predicted the future. That's more just be like me walking around and being like, hey, tomorrow there's going to be some place on the planet where the sun is shining and it's going to be amazing and now i've predicted the future all right you've you've successfully honestly predicted the future yes yeah that's like when i was reading about the um the four effect like when they repeated the study yeah. or like the repetition of the study confirms that there's really two things that are important you didn't say this already and i just like blanked it out did you no 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 tell me yeah tell me about it okay so like the content of the description is really important so like what it is you're describing and then the specific within that the specific emphasis on the ratio of positive to negative trait assessments so like you were saying earlier the the if there is anything that's slightly negative, you got to like counter it and swing it back the other way. Like, uh oh, there's going to be this thing, but it's okay because you're a capable person. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that ratio of like positive to negative trait assessments in the front end has yes. to um, be pleasing to people. And then the other thing is that the person doing the reading has to trust the person providing the information. And so that's why, like, the, I suspect that's why people who provide horoscopes or like, do you remember when back in the day when television used to be a thing and they had all those like one nine hundred numbers and they were $2 yes. a minute and yeah. like you could call and get your horoscope or whatever. Yeah. Th- there was always like a personality attached to those horoscopes. It was never just like call this phone number. Like you get the weather and time and temperature. Right. It was like, no, you had to call like, like sorceress Mimi or something. Yes. Yeah. And like speak to her directly or her or one of her like staff of gifted psychics you know and right and so the the actual the ads were building up um credibility and trust in that in the line right that was the whole purpose of the ad right 
So, yeah. And so this also goes on to say individuals are more likely to accept negative assessments of themselves if they perceive that the persons presenting them with those assessments are professionals or have some kind of status that exceeds the person taking the advice. Right. So as long as you think as long as you think there's merit to what this person is saying, yeah. you will be more likely to be like you're right, I am a terrible person. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh there's also the last note here is uh, um and this is from the the wiki article on Barnum effect just yeah. for reference because yes. we we pulled a lot of references from lots of places there was a lot of stuff about this online individuals are more likely to accept negative assessments evidence also suggests that <laughs> i don't know why i find this so funny yeah People with authoritarian or neurotic personalities or who have a greater than usual need for approval are more likely to manifest the Barnum effect. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So that's really, I like. I'm trying to think I feel, what. I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to like think about that more deeply. And every time I do, I feel like I'm about to go over a cliff. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, immediately I. Uh, there's at least one public figure that comes to mind. Um, and the way that he acts is seems incredibly externally influenced. Like as soon mm. as there's someone who says something negative about him that is a position of you know perceived excellence or whatever, he takes it really to heart and just really like pushes back and is like, nuh-uh, nuh-uh, you are. No, oh my no, God. like this is, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm doing the best thing that's ever happened to the world. Um, and so it is really interesting to me how that, because um, that, that to me, that speaks to the, Mar the Barnum effect doesn't necessarily mean that when you tell someone something negative, that then they will act the way they might act in, in response to that in the sense that if you said, hey, turns out you're not very good at swimming then they'd be like, no, I'm very good at swimming. And now they're trying to swim a lot to prove to you that they're good at swimming. Right. Right. Because they've right. already internalized and heard what you said and taken that in rather than rejected it outright as being like, I don't know who you are. Like, you don't have any effect on me. I don't, right. you know, this, the fact that you just claimed that I'm a terrible swimmer has no impact on me because A, I wasn't planning to swim today. And B, uh, who are you? Um, but instead, this individual <laughs> that I'm talking about is like, you know, I'm not a puppet. You're a puppet. Like, it, you can tell he takes it on, right? Like, it it becomes part of his, his you know, internal psyche. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's such a, uh, it's such an interesting thing. Um, it's, <laughs> I, um. I wish we could know to what extent these things are true about ourselves um, because the it, the like feedback sort of loop that I get from the world around me is that I actually tend to care less than other people about what think people think about me. But I don't – that may be largely circumstantial because I happen to have been in circumstances my whole life where – it hasn't mattered that much, mm -hmm. I don't think. Like, yeah, I don't tend to travel in circles where you have to do a lot of glad handing or impressing people or making them feel good about themselves or right. like any of the stuff that usually allows you to call in favors later. Um, right. I don't know. So it's hard to say. Like, I've never I, really thought about it. Um, I mean, I have... <sighs> I think that there's I, – I don't know how related these are, and obviously I haven't studied psychology. Um, my personal – that well, I've studied a little bit of psychology, and generally my experience is that, um, that it's not yet a science. They're trying. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of individuals who don't understand how science works, and they're still full-blown psychologists. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, there's still – like Freud was not a scientist by any means. Um, he did not follow scientific method even – that was current for the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I disagree like on fundamental premises with the concept of, yeah, a lot uh, of psychiatry, especially. Yeah. Psychiatry, psychology. Um, I do not find it compelling, but I love not, my therapist. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I try to, I, I often think about it as, you know, you're kind of going into a really nebulous field and there's not a lot of, 
a lot of it is not very evidence-based or not well-defined evidence-based. Um, yeah. There's a lot of like spurious correlation and stuff, but this isn't, uh, I wasn't trying to make this about um, uh, that. What I was trying to get at was that um, I imagine that there is some, uh, the Barnum effect or the Forer effect, uh, just having somebody in your life. So if you have a parent or a family member who is just consistently negative about you, um, takes a toll over time. Even if you've kind of built up thick skin and you're just like, whatever, you know, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. I it It's not okay, I think. I think that it it's... It's too hard to um, – this horror effect is something that we all suffer from, right? It's not uh, – I don't believe that it's something that you can just like once you know about it never be affected by it. It's just a matter no, of – it's a matter so. of degrees. Right. Like yeah. you can – because of the way the mind works, it's like once you've heard that information, it is it is there and part of you. Um, you can discount it. You can spend – you know, you might have a very strong – you know, state of good, you know, good mental habits and things so that things like that don't stick around and they get washed away and you're kind of, you think very positively of yourself, which is important. But I think that um, in this case, you can have family members who are just consistently negative and it will just be debilitating over time. You, It doesn't matter that you don't believe it in the moment. After a while, your brain's just like, yeah, but I keep hearing that I'm not a good person. And eventually you're like, Turns out I'm not a good person. Um, yeah, you know, or in, well, we yeah, we we've talked about how your brain is just how people are biological reiterators, and your brain is just like an idea reiterator. Yeah, and so if you're this is the old saying, junk in, junk out, right? If, yeah, if you're taking uh, everything, everything that you experience, everything you ever hear about, everything you ever read or know or imagine or whatever, that's all constitutes part of the big picture of what you understand about being alive, right? The human experience, however you want to phrase that. Yeah. And so after a time, if you're only putting junk in, you only have junk to reiterate off of. And so it's... your content becomes sort of a monoculture of negativity. And it's really hard to craft anything positive, actively think and be intellectual about doing positive things when all you're getting, even if even if what you're getting is something that's blatantly untrue, like I don't even know what that would be. But something right. obviously untrue that somebody just keeps repeating about you, it's going to grate on you after a while because it's crowding out the space for other things to take up that could be more more beneficial, yeah. more helpful. Yeah. Um, which is why you gotta like whatever makes you feel good or you know, this is kind of like the tips for living well in hell. Whatever it takes to navigate these things and not have a bunch of junk be the only thing that's crowding in your inputs. Um you should do that because life is hell and you need good stuff to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really surprising how um, your external existence can be pretty miserable, but a positive mindset can make that more than just tolerable, but, but enjoyable. Um, Well, yeah, I think like, I think that's true um, in like a universal human way. I know for sure living up in the frozen North, like, one of the things they should Minnesota's like state slogan uh, they should they should embroider it on the fucking flag should be well it could be worse it's like <laughs> it's uh, it's so annoying because uh-huh. like uh, why anyone chose to long ago to settle in this place um when it's so difficult in the winter time i don't know like it's beautiful right now but it's already getting too cold for me here it's in 70s oh no and and, this is it when the wind blows it's not warm wind it's like it's sunshine and you're like wow that sunshine is nice and hot what is that who left the fucking fridge door open Uh and so it's coming i can feel it yeah and i'm already thinking like well it could be worse and i'm trying to think of things that could be worse um we should definitely do at least a we short do this all the time yeah we should do a short that's like that's uh it could be worse and we just sort of talk about how bad things could be so much worse <laughs> oh yes i love this i'm writing this down okay um I, so you know uh one of the ideas that we had when we were talking about this was um we were we were thinking about writing so one place where um 
the Barnum effect or the Forer effect is often exploited as horoscopes, like we talked about in other places, any kind of predictive, like personal predictions. So um, fortune cookies, for instance. Uh, this is what I, this is, I'm really excited about the, yeah. this idea. So we, we were kind of thinking what we need to do is we need to get um, some fortune cookie. We need to make some fortune cookies to sell on our website that are like hyper specific predictions. So mm-hmm. um I think my example was something like, next Tuesday, you're going to meet a man named Tim. Tim will be wearing a red shirt and green shoes. Tim will approach you and say something to you that you disagree with. <laughs> like, just really hyper-specific things. Um, you know, just vague enough that... that. Um, and so then the other thing is, things like that where... Um, and a lot of like cold readers work this way. So the larger the audience of people who are potentially participating in your in your sort of psychic prediction, um, the more likely statist- statistically you are to when you make something that's much more specific, you're more likely to find an individual who that applies to. And so yeah. in theory, we could write these like really hyper specific um, fortune cookies. And if everyone or a large cohort or large sample size of people were using them, then it's more likely statistically for one of them to get into the hands of an individual who then has that exact experience. Right. Right. Um, And so it is. And that's how you end up with stalkers. That is how you end up with stalkers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning, uh, not to get on a tangent. Oh wait, let's get on a tangent. Um, Oh yeah. I was talking to a friend this morning and, and, um, she had been reluctant early on when we started the podcast, I was like, Oh, do you want to be on the podcast? Like we were really excited about it. And, and um, she's like, I don't know, I'm a little reluctant. And I, I like I understood then, but I appreciate and understand more now that when you put out this many podcasts every, you know, we're putting out almost two a week on average. And we have, yeah. um, you know, we've got 63 or four now, I think. Um, yeah, I, watch got, out. The horoscopes are coming next. Yeah, horoscopes are coming next. But when you, uh, this is a public record of things that I've said that are on record now and it's publicly available. And so if at some point um, it's out of my hands for someone to choose for me or you or both of us to be public figures. And so, um there's like i i've accepted that um a that's probably a low possibility i don't think we're specific like i don't think we're broadly acceptable enough that it would ever be really an issue um true true yes probably uh, you're right uh, i'm banking on this also (laughs) yeah but but there is the outside chance that um you know we might do a podcast where it's like suddenly every you know socially there's just a massive amount of people who are interested in us and they start listening to our podcast and then at that point we are you know whether we want it or not we are a kind of public figure right um which means that you're uh, I I don't know all of the ramifications of that, but I but she got me thinking about that when we were talking about this, and now I forget why this is relevant or how it got tangential. Um, she doesn't want to be an authority on anything. No, well, she doesn't want to be. Um, she doesn't want to expose herself like that, right? Because you, um, there's being a public figure means that you. Uh, like in the good ways, you can be held accountable for your thoughts and ideas. Um, which I'm not a, I'm personally not afraid of that in the sense that, uh, personally, I'm always open to changing my mind and reevaluating what I was thinking before. And I don't, you know, sure. something that I said last week that seems pretty strong, that's very mutable in the sense that if someone comes along and says, hey, the fact that you believe this or that you think the world works this way or even that you're saying this publicly is very harmful to individuals, then my general approach would probably be like, um, okay, great. Like, what can we do? Because that is not my intent, obviously. Um, or if it was, I, you know, I'm wrong. Like, I need to change. But, yeah. um, but the problem with being a public figure is that you're not, you know, unfortunately, social, like, society doesn't honor that. Society means that, um, I don't get to just be like, oh, well, everyone else will be like very forgiving and understanding and will allow me to make those corrections and move forward. What it really means is that people might just glom onto the fact that I said something stupid one time and now forever I'm that guy, um, you know, regardless of what I say yeah. or do after that. And so that that part is, um, 
you know, something that more and more individuals are having to deal with because we have social media, which means more and more individuals are able to become much, uh, are able to address a much larger audience. Um, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but how this relates to the four effect um, is that uh, I think what I was getting at is that we were kind of talking about um, if we if we create these horoscopes or we create these fortune cookies, uh, it is this kind of experiment, right? Where if we make these like hyper specific predictions, then mm-hmm. um, about individuals, then if we can reach a large audience, then uh, are statistically more likely that there's going to be an individual who, as you said, here comes the stalker, um, because they're <laughs> like, you predicted my whole life in this one statement. And, yeah, you know. and they're not going to – see, what would be really interesting and frightening is if somebody just decided that we were right in ways that we didn't also think we were right and insisted that we were right and we're like, no, we're just kidding. But right. it doesn't matter because the the appeal to a higher truth that usurps whatever authority we have here – People who believe in some higher authority that doesn't actually exist do really crazy things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they well, That's do. all right. It wouldn't be the first time I've had a stalker, so. <laughs> yeah. And also... Let's, um, you can just let me take all of the blame for it. Okay. Great. Great. That'll be good. How's that? Tell And you can tell our friend that too. Oh, Meg already said she'd take all of the blame for whatever happens on the podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're not actually my stalker. You're Meg's stalker. Like, you got to get this worked out right. Um, right. And then I'll tell our friend, you know, I really feel like um, you should be on the podcast because you have a lot of great need for other people to like and admire you and a tendency to be critical of yourself. And you have a great deal of unused capacity, which you have not turned to your advantage. <laughs> and while Perfect. you have some personality weaknesses, you're generally able to compensate for them. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and then our friend will be like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I'll be like, I know, because I want what's best for you. And I want you to be on the podcast because I think you're great. <laughs> That's but so if good. you don't yes. do it, you know, I like, like some of your other aspirations tend to be pretty unrealistic. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> See, I'm learning. Uh-huh. I'm learning. I really want to do the um, fortune cookies because they remind me in a way of um, the my favorite Halloween costume, which was uh, the insecurity blanket that I made that just yes. had, like <laughs> terribly, terribly unsettling things written on it that other people would read. Uh-huh. And it was great because it was super warm and it's very cold here on Halloween. And so I just wrapped up in a blanket and wandered around and the insecurity blanket featured such gems as you are your parents least favorite child oh. Um, oh. Uh, um oh god there were just tons of them i won't even get into it but there were tons of them and this kind of reminds me of the like the whatever you tell people if they trust you they're just gonna believe it yeah whether it's positive or negative and you can pe- keep people if you were this malicious yeah you could keep people in a constant state of um, tension yeah by like gaslighting them essentially yes yeah yeah um, yeah in fact gaslighting um really plays into the barnum effect right like gaslighting is um very effective when you have established trust with somebody and then you are um oftentimes gaslighting i think is is most played out when it's attacking someone's like personality or like their character traits and yeah. so oftentimes I think people who've gaslighted will often like say very similar statements. They'll be like, it'll be very much, I always call, I, I call it the, I love you, but statements, <laughs> um, which is to say yeah. like, it starts from, let me establish, a, establish myself as someone that you can trust because I love you. So now when I tell you this shitty ass fucking thing that isn't anything but not true, you have to believe it because I love you. Right, and I'm trying to tell you for your own good. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so yeah. I love you, but is just like it's it's so shitty. It's such a shitty thing to say to people. Um, it's such an undermine in a relationship if you're saying the phrase "I love you, but," then you're just not <laughs> like it's like that's not softening it. What it's doing is 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 employing this sort of horror effect. Right. It's basically yeah. like. And people say it because it's like when I'm mad and I want to change your behavior, 
the reasoning in my mind would be like, well, I need to tell you that you're not behaving the way I want you to. And the only, and so I'm going to manipulate you by making you, I want you to attach this to your core personality. So I'm going to say right. to you like, Meg, I really love you, but your hair is the wrong color. You know, and now you're always going to be like, is it? Is it? And then hopefully is in my mind, like, I mean, in reality, like, it's just shitty. All I've done is like cut down your personality and like fucked up your own like existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's not good. Anyway, um, I was going to say <laughs> that uh, um, there's a website called the Decision Lab and they write about biases. And in particular, they write about the Barnum, they call it the Barnum effect or they refer to it as the Barnum effect. But again, the Barnum slash for, for effect is what we're talking about. Um, and they kind of mention how to avoid it, which is uh, mostly they just say that um, it's awareness helps you. Um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you. It just means that if you can have some awareness that that the effect exists, and you mm -hmm. can do apply some critical thinking, then um, then you may be less susceptible to this kind of manipulation. Um, and I, I mean, this is where like I know I talk a lot about my ADHD, but this is one of the things, like my own like <laughs> my own like neuro okay. neuroses is always like whenever something's like requires um cogn like critical thinking and like 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 cognition about um about something in the moment i'm always like oh man i'm not going to be very good at this like i believe like one of the problems of adhd is like self self-evaluation is very difficult um uh -huh. i believe that i'm going to be great at it but the reality is is knowing that i don't have a lot of access to like prefrontal cortex action in most circumstances there are specific situations where it's it's hyperactive and very effective but yeah. most of the time it's like i can know all day about the barnum effect but um someone can still hit me real hard with it at, at any given moment because my brain doesn't i can't i can't switch on that knowledge and apply it at the same time like i can't be like oh i know about the barnum effect and now that it's happening i can look at it and be evaluative of this and then just dismiss it and so for yeah. me it's like i might be susceptible to that manipulation where it's like someone's like hey you know um i love you but this negative thing and then i'm like already right in it i'm like oh god yeah you're right like i am this terrible person who never is on time for anything and like sucks and then later i might like come out of it but in that moment it's going to be harder for me to like whereas someone else with a more neurotypical like mindset might be able to be like uh no i don't think so um uh, no. so i i have to i have to tell you yes. because i want what's best for you and we're uh, friends yeah that I think you're brilliant, but also our whole friendship is predicated on the fact that I've been gaslighting you the entire time, <laughs> all the way up to this conversation, which I've been meaning to have with you for like 18 months on the radio. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a very long, long game manipulation. Long, long game manipulation, right? This, this whole is all my life. <laughs> I wanted to do this podcast and I just had to make sure I got here somehow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're just so good at podcasts ned uh-huh and you just had to push me into it one way or another right i basically shoved a knife in your back uh-huh mm -hmm. <laughs> marched you off that plank well no looking back now we're in it nope. oh that's so great <laughs> so um so i think that i think that the idea of um we got to look into how to make the fortune cookies because that's yes. just a that's just a brilliant plan. Yes. Fortune yeah. cookies and horoscopes. What day of the week should we put out horoscopes? I feel like like Wednesday hump day would be a good day. Wednesday hump day. Yep, absolutely. We should put out horoscopes. Um, we can send them out on our, tw our t uh, Twitterer, um, but we can also publish them on the website. So we need to... Okay, I'm making notes of this. Yeah, we can, we can kind of get those started. Um, so yeah, hopefully look for those. We can talk about... One of the things we could talk about too is like the design of that... Um, we don't necessarily get into the details for this podcast because we haven't actually done it yet. Um, but um, yeah, designing horoscope sounds really fun and designing um, fortune cookie sayings is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, 
horoscopes are just really fascinating to me. Um, especially because there's there's sort of Eastern and there's Western. There's there's sort of a whole there's all these different branches of astrology. Different cultures all have it. The idea mm-hmm. that that the heavens have some <clears throat> some influence on your your natural existence. Um, there's that they're that they're representative of like a higher truth. Yeah, that they're representative of a higher truth. Um, the way of things. Yeah, the way of things. Exactly. I do love in the Wikipedia article about horoscopes. There's a scientific criticism that starts out with the phrase "stars are luminous balls of hydrogen and helium gas within clouds of dust, which are held together by their own gravity." Period. <laughs> like I love that that's the that's the starting sentence for the 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 scientific criticism of horoscopes like there it goes on obviously to um also it, it, not only does it go on but it continues on in that ma- manner they are formed through the accumulation of gas and dust which collapses as a, as a result of gravity it, so two whole sentences establishing what we currently empirically know about stars um yeah before they even get to the sentence of astrology attempts to study how the position movements and properties of celestial bodies affect people and events on earth. Um, It's, it's just kind of like, um, I, it's astrology is funny to me because, and especially horoscopes or just the idea of like prediction and stuff. It's really interesting to me because it's, um, that forer effect is like self-reinforcing, right? So once you kind of have, I I feel like it's kind of like um, the way that gambling addiction works, which is that once you've won, it's, it's a game changer because that rush, like there's such a, uh, an endorphin rush and there's all this like biological feedback that's reinforcing this behavior. And it's so, tantalizing that it's really difficult to want to give that up and so Mm -hmm. if you um if you are someone who has read a horoscope and had it hit you that way then you want more of that and because they're designed to (laughs) then i've got some fortune cookies i'd like to sell you i'd like to sell you (laughs) and and but the the thing about it is like the horoscopes are written in a way that is designed to allow you to um, chase that feeling, right? I mean, that's their whole industry. Uh, well, right. Like, it, this is all about feeling better. This is about, yeah. like, I feel like the the universe is like, hey, guess what? All of this is fucking random. Your choices are half chance. You can't really be in control of anything, and you're going to die real soon, like, right, right before you realize it. And the right. whole time, you're either going to accept that fact and work harder, or you're going to ignore that fact and do whatever you can to escape it. And then the fact that there's nobody steering the ship all the way towards your doom is unsettling and you don't want to live with that or think about it. You can very, there's a lot of options around to like distract you from the, the, the nightmare the, dystopian the heat, the reality. Impen- <laughs> yeah. The, the impending heat death of the universe. But before that we have to finish this COVID thing and also racism. Right. And like, I don't know the opioid epidemic and yeah. maybe some other things too like rising sea levels. Oh, we have passed the um point of no return for a sea level rise of 40 centimeters on the coast. Yeah, I was reading about that. That's nuts. Yeah. 40 centimeters is so high. Yeah, it's going to hit 70 for sure. Um and it's interesting because a friend of ours told us about this a long time ago who worked for NOAA and he's like, "Oh yeah, all this shit about like you know, here are things we can do in the countdown clock and your fucking straws in the ocean and all that shit. It's all horseshit. It's all horseshit. It's coming. Start preparing for it. Whatever that means. Move off the coast is what that means. Mm-hmm. Move off the coast. I don't know. Right. But like, yeah, to distract you from all that, it's like, it's okay though. You're a good person and here's this horoscope and not everything is hopeless bullshit. Right. And you're like, thank God, I feel so much better. So ridiculous all it takes for me to go quietly into the future is for somebody to pat me on the back and tell me i did a good job being me you did a great job all right i feel fine yeah and blast me into the surface of the sun all right um that makes me think of that um the very first episode of star trek the next generation when uh it's called encounter at far point and um the intrepid crew of the uh enterprise 
encounter the entity Q, and he is. Um, I love Q. Yeah, and he is. Uh, you know, he's this sort of om- omnipotent sort of being of of great power, and um, he holds humanity on trial, or he holds the crew on trial for the crimes of humanity. Um, and there's this dystopian. So we're already back to talking about dystopia. I think. I almost, I'm going to just gloss over this and then we should do a short talking about this because this fits in, like, there, I could talk at length about this. But there's this moment where um, one of the guards is, like, does something wrong in court and so then is sentenced to immediate execution by one of the other guards. And before, and this always stuck with me, before the guard gets shot basically point blank in the face by like a rapid fire ultra death machine gun from the other guard. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the, (laughs) the, the sentenced guard says, wait a minute and takes a hit of some drug from his like collection of drugs, like on his, like on his shirt pocket or something. And, um, and then is just happy to die now. And so um, it's like it, I always think about how, um, you know it that always stuck t- stuck with me in that sort of in the human existence of how y- you can manipulate your feelings um in so many different ways and how kind of weird and fucked up it is um you know for instance yeah. like horoscopes being a way that some people like you know for them it's a kind of opium right it's a kind of like soporific or something that makes things feel a little better um right. you know when they're faced with something that's actually like an indignity and awful. Uh, my dad, uh, yeah, my dad is like totally freaked out about horoscopes for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I never bothered to get into it with him because I was like, uh, this sounds like a Pandora's box I don't want to unpack. Uh huh. Like he doesn't, like, yeah, like they, they bother him, the existence of them or something. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah. I think he, f- he freaks out about the fact that people get so like into them. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I <clears throat> yeah I don't know I don't know what it is I don't, he, but it's like it's a far far above and beyond your normal reaction to like hey look this newspaper has horoscopes do you want me to read you yours no people people believe those things and they do crazy things they get addicted to them and blah 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 and just like whoa buddy uh-huh. never mind <laughs> now I don't even want to right I I, I mean yeah I guess. I guess it's sort of, I mean, that is the problem, like that is the criticism of horoscopes and and religion and other things, like that it leads people down, uh, down these, it manipulates people into committing violence against other people um, for, yeah. for weird, <clears throat> weird reasons that often benefit some third party that is trying to manipulate and take control of that. Um, yeah. They're trying to meet their unmet potential. They have a lot of potential they haven't met yet. Right. Um, I know this because the horoscope says so. Because the horoscope says so. It told me. It told me. I was going to meet a man named Tim on Tuesday. Yep. I think instead of like, you know how they put lucky numbers on most uh, yes. fortune cookies? Well, mine are going to be, here are numbers you better avoid this week. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Watch I, out for 39. I was also thinking about how we could be like, like the the prediction on the one side could be hyper specific and the number set on the back would be like incredibly inclusive. Your lucky numbers include all of the set of like, (laughs) yeah, like every number between zero and uh, infinity or, um, you know, any number between zero and 100 or some multiple thereof. The next largest prime number yet to be discovered. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Extra points if you can be the one to discover it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Your personal power number is something that hasn't been discovered yet. Right. <laughs> um, oh, so um, great. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like... Uh, I like horoscopes that have some weird twist to them or just are like really quirky. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know. Something. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love that too. Um, and I think horoscopes are super f- fascinating to read 
because of the Forer effect. I like yeah. reading, like, I like reading through all of them and being like, um, you know, there's 12 to look at here. What do they say? Oh, this is interesting. This person is writing, like, how a lot of times my brain is evaluating, like, how effective they are. Yeah. Like, how how good of a job did they do at, at exploiting this this sort of yeah. gullibility issue? Um, right, because there's, yeah, there's the issue at hand of the, like, silliness of it all. And then there's, like, well, how well did you execute on the silliness? Yeah. Yeah, like how how well did you make this appear specific and yet more vague? Like I love yeah. the sort of the diametrically opposed things like existing in one statement. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think it would be very clever to like have a horoscope at some point that just tells somebody like you're tired of reading this horoscope because it never quite fits. Have you considered that your parents lied to you about your birthday? Yes. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, we need to, we definitely need to spend some time um, putting this into a project and putting it on the website. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so good. Um. So yeah, I want fortune cookies that are like bad fortune, like misfortune cookies. Misfortune cookies. And they tell you numbers to watch out for. Can we And they tell you terrible truths about yourself and others. Can we brand them and call them mis misfortune cookies? So M I S S comma yeah. or are like the two words. Like like misfortune. Misfortune created these cookies just for you. Um mm-hmm. Oh man. Deeply personal. Mis misfortune might be a great whole segment. Um as a as a sort of make believe uh, psychic professor or professor or um, prophesizer prophecy prognosticator Pro- prognosticator thank you I knew there sure. was a good word for that um, I think that's one yeah so good well <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, this is so great we have so many great ideas we do yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, hopefully you listened to this podcast and you had some, you got got a little enjoyment out of it. You maybe either learned something or you just got to learn more or hear more about something you already knew. I think probably most people are at least aware of this concept. Um, yeah. They may not have known that there was a, a term coined for it or multiple terms. Um, so, yeah. yeah. it's a, I mean, it's a conversation starter. You can gently gaslight your friends and be like, see what I just did to you there? Uh-huh. It's called this. Right. I learned about it today on this spectacular podcast full of great ideas. I love that that concept of uh, gentle, gently gaslighting your friends. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to deconstruct a human being in the next five minutes. You just want them to get them to trust you. Right. <laughs> um well you don't have to brainwash them just prod them just prod them a little bit just some gentle brainwashing some minor like you know playfully so Um, minor manipulation minor manipulations uh there's does everybody know what gaslighting means i don't know if we've ever even explained it on here i don't know um (laughs) people can't know things until we've told them personally yeah well no but i think so i have um i often feel and find that it's when you're creating a document or you're creating some written work or you're creating some piece of information that you're trying to communicate, I find yeah. it extremely frustrating that people make assumptions that people know what things mean. I'm always very tolerant of people explaining something I already know about in the context of them not speak- speaking directly to me, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm reading mm-hmm. a paper they wrote, by all means, please do explain the concept you have because although maybe I personally understand it, someone else might not. And now you've yeah. basically created this situation where they now have to go off and learn. And I'm not saying like you go all the way down where it's like every time you put a word on the page, you better have a definition and entry and a lookup table or something. No, I just right. mean that... Um, it's good when you identify stuff. So I think uh, gaslighting, we should at least um, briefly yeah, talk about. Ga- but this, uh, since we're getting to the, towards the end of the hour, what I thought um, we could just talk about gaslighting as a tip for living well in hell. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. In in the sense that we're not saying to do it. We're saying to make yourself aware of it and um, and try to minimize it in your life because it's not healthy and it's not doing you any favors. 
Yeah. So like gaslighting is this process by which somebody undermines you psychologically and gets you to doubt yourself so that you will listen to them instead. And then they can manipulate you and make you do things that they want you to do for their benefit is usually the thing. And where this comes from is a movie in which a woman was sort of like bedridden or something like that. And her husband to like drive her crazy was turning down their gas lamps so that it was getting dimmer and dimmer in the house. And when she pointed it out, he'd be like, it's not dimmer in here. It must just be you. And so like a classic gaslighting move is like when you, for instance, point something out that's wrong or unjust and say, hey, that's not okay. Someone who was gaslighting you will turn to you and say, you are literally the only person here who has a problem with this. As in, as if to say, the problem is not the problem. You are the problem. And you not being able to get with the program is the problem, right. not the thing that you're complaining about. And people who are abusing people, especially, and know that they're in a position of uh, <clears throat> of um, dominance, essentially, the power dynamic is such that they're in charge, people will oftentimes hang on to that control by gaslighting other people. Um, and once you are have been a victim of it, uh, it sticks out to you when it happens again and again. Uh, I can spot it now miles and miles away. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, it's, I sometimes I think people do it without even realizing they're doing it. Yeah. It's, because people want what they want and then they'll just do things to get that. Yeah. Without really being critical. About exactly. It. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, um, the dangers of, like long-standing social relationships that are not examined. When one, one thing I really enjoy yeah. about our relationship is we're both um, hyper-examining like our own relationships with ourselves and each other, and and so um, yeah, I do. I, I you know it helps to guard against because that something like gaslighting or uh, guilting and things like that. I mean, we all probably have relationships with friends and family where um, there's a certain level of manipulation that happens through guilt and. It's sort of an established social norm at this point um, in that relationship. I also was going to yeah, say... Yeah, your mom giving you a guilt trip is such a common thing that there's like pop culture references and jokes to it constantly. Exactly. I'm not going to be around forever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, in, I was just reminded of a joke that you and I often share personally whenever the term gaslighting comes up, which is oftentimes when you will say it or I will say it, the other person will respond with, gaslighting's not even a real thing. Yeah, nobody even thinks about that except for you. I don't know why you're... <laughs> exactly, which is exactly the form of... Which is the definition of gaslighting, right? Is to try and destroy right. another person's perception of reality. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so that's gaslighting. And um, uh, there's... I mean, we could talk for hours on gaslighting and the problems of gaslighting and the issues and all of the things yeah. where it comes from. And, um, <clears throat> but... Uh, um, there's a yeah. there's a lady named Sarah Cooper who is now famous for <clears throat> um, lip syncing Donald Trump and like reenacting yes. his stuff. Um, and she's really really funny. Prior to be becoming famous for making fun of a person we all hate, um, she was an author and she worked in Silicon Valley, <clears throat> and she sort of captured the spirit of what it's like to work for those tech companies out West, like Google and others um, in this book called how to succeed in business without hurting men's feelings or how to be successful without hurting men's feelings. Yeah. I can't remember the exact title. Yeah. <clears throat> oh God, I think I have allergies. Uh -oh. um, anyway, her book was great because it has this entire chapter on gaslighting uh -huh. and it's with, like playful illustrations and it's absolutely brilliant like it's yeah. so 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 good um yeah i gave after you showed me that book um and before she became famous for the other thing that or for her <coughs> mocking mo mockingly mocking um yeah. this asshole um he uh she uh you after you showed me that book i i gave a copy to uh, my girlfriend for her birthday and uh i think she really mm -hmm. enjoyed it because it's it is very much cuz she was also just getting back into um she was trying to like jumpstart her career again after having been a stay-at-home mom for many years and um yeah it was just kind of hilarious uh i i think she appreciated it but anyway um yeah so don't gaslight people and be aware when people are gaslighting you like, yeah yeah and yeah, be aware when people are doing it to other people <clears throat> and try and stand up for them because it's not um 
it's not healthy it's for incre- anybody. It's incredibly insidious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's an incredibly insidious way for people to get what they want because they there's any number of ways that you can go about accomplishing what you want to accomplish or achieving what you want to achieve or acquiring what you want to acquire yeah. that don't require that don't uh involve or require you dismantling somebody else's image of themselves. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um like it's particularly cruel. Yeah, it is really particularly even if it's cru- subtle. cruel. Yeah. Um yeah. So uh I think that's a great tip for living well in hell. And uh yeah, so don't gaslight people, wear a mask, wash yeah. your hands be a little more kind to everybody around you because we're all still trying to make it through this. Um, yep. Yeah, COVID is still going strong. <sighs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Today's know. September 2nd. Yeah, we, yeah, we're recording this September <laughs> 2nd. Yep. We've been doing this since March 11th. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, so we do appreciate um, you listening. We have ways for you to get a hold of us if you wanted to reach out. Oh, yeah. Um, we have emails, email addresses. You can get us at, uh, you can hit our executive assistant, Dana, at fcbm.io. You can go to our website, fcbm.io, and see all of our contact information. You can find us on Twitter, which is at fcbm underscore io, and also on uh Instagram, which is also at fcbm.io, I believe. Um, I think it's dot on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I am so. It's Instagram I, I is hate like. social media so much. Yeah. Um, I try to post kind of uh, obscure homemade memes on Instagram. So if you're into that, I guess our account is one that you could follow. Um, yeah. Mostly the memes are from one particular movie called. Um, uh Ruben and Ed which is just a fantastic movie but we'll we'll discuss that at length in another another podcast. Oh, yeah. Um I have his other movies now. Trent Harris oh, mailed me yeah. DVDs and so now I have the Beaver trilogy and Plan 10 from Outer Space. That's fantastic. I I look forward to watching those. Um on the original the original home pressed DVDs or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um that's awesome. So great. Uh, okay. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, we love you all. Thanks, everyone. It. If there's stuff you want us to talk about, or like, if you're like, I'd really like to know about this thing, but I'm just too lazy to look it up myself. Yes. We can we can look it up, and then we'll talk in your ear about it for an hour. Yeah, absolutely. If you're like, hey, like, you know, really make my morning commute from my bed to my chair in my living room where I now work because we're stuck in COVID times. Um, right. Please let us know, and we will absolutely uh, attempt to cover that information if we feel like it and we like you, or if we don't yeah, like you yeah. and we still feel like it, or any of those combinations. Um, yeah. So uh, I watch like tomorrow, which is like, or after this is posted, it's just like this massive, unrealistic, like, like influx of emails. <laughs> yeah, just like hundreds of emails. Hundreds of emails. It's like okay. All right, we made a mistake. Obviously, we're not going to choose all of these topics. Um, anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, I well, speaking of like, I weirdly like the podcast uh, statistics are showing that people are li- more people are listening. So um, I'm guessing <laughs> weirdly the weirdly, podcast statistics. Yeah, it's quite possible that there are people listening to the podcast who don't actually know us personally now. So that's fantastic. And since you're in on this early days and we don't know a lot of people, you could know us personally, I guess, if you wanted, or at least in an email capacity, or even in a just to fuck you, if you just wanted to, like, you know, let out some angst. Um, Dana, then definitely email our um, executive assistant, (laughs) because she will, um, she's fantastically diplomatic and will give you a very considered response and very kind response. Um, yes. Yeah. And if you, uh, you should know ahead of time that I don't respond well to stalkers. So. <laughs> Just be forewarned. Just be forewarned. Yeah. Fair warning. Okay. Anyway, thanks everybody. All right. Okay. Bye, thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>